C.H. Virgin had much to say, and he had many comments regarding mothers. And this is one in particular that um, I thought was so true. C.H. Virgin wrote, quote, no man is poor who has a godly mother, close quote. So as we celebrate motherhood and mothers today, we look at both the mother and grandmother of Timothy, who was, as I said earlier, protege of the Apostle Paul. These both, as we read, were described as being godly mothers. These two women had the privilege of influencing the life of Timothy, directing him and guiding him to be a man of faith, a man who possessed, as the Apostle Paul had described in Timothy, having a sincere faith. Again, C.H. Burgeon said, quote, The hand that rocks the cradle rules the world, but the heart that guides the hand is the heart of the mother. The most important thing a mother can do for her children is to teach them to love the Lord. Close quote. We know such was the case with Timothy. Both his mother and grandmother were women who loved the Lord and taught Timothy to love the Lord. You see, mothers play a vital role in the family. And we need to also take into consideration the fact that the influence of a mother extends well beyond their children's early years. What is important is that as mothers, you remember that your work is valued and is significant in the eyes of the Lord. The Bible is clear in encouraging mothers to take heart, to persevere, and to trust in the Lord's guidance in their parenting journey. And it is truly a journey. My hope this morning is that each one of you is encouraged. Each one of you walks away being built up with a greater love and a trust for the Lord. As we turn our attention once more to what the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, let's read verses 3 through 5 once again. As he writes, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience. As I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. You see, as we read that, and now for the second time, we, if you didn't know it before, we, we begin to get the picture. How was that uh, Paul looked to Timothy as a child in the faith, as a son in the faith? And as the Apostle Paul practiced his faith with a clear conscience, meaning that he was a man who was free of guilt. He was a man who knew that he was free of blame. Having totally repented of his sins and walking in the grace of God, he now lived his life in full confidence in the Lord. And so knowing this himself... He could, with a clear conscience, call upon Timothy as a child in the faith and pray for him, 
hoping that for Timothy, that he would also live his life with full confidence in the Lord. You see, man, this, this is where we are. If we have that confidence in the Lord, if we are ourselves free of guilt, free of blame, walking with integrity before the Lord, we also can hope and pray for the same thing for our sons and daughters. Why? Because we know that personally. You see, the Apostle Paul knew at one point a life that was opposing God. He thought he was aligned with God, and yet it was Jesus who came to him and told him, how does it feel to kick against the goads? Learning that he was actually opposing God. He had repented of his sins, and this is what is required Brothers and sisters, what's required is is a heart of repentance, being broken before the Lord, that you may be worthy of following. A heart that is full of pride. Well, we know that pride comes before destruction. Pride comes before fall. The pride of man is humbled before the eyes of the Lord, and yet a humble man is, is lifted up. In a timely way, according to the Lord. So he was a man who looked to young Timothy with such respect and honor and in love as a child in the faith, full of confidence in, in the Lord, and he wanted him to have that confidence in the Lord as well. And Paul remembered as we read there. Three things he said that he remembered that that is worth noting. Paul has stated that he remembered three things. He remembered, number one, Timothy in his prayers. He said that, I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day. Secondly, he said that he remembered Timothy's tears. And thirdly, he remembered Timothy's sincere faith. I want to, for a moment, just... Focus in and, and consider Timothy's tears. These tears that Paul remembered were thought to have been shed the last time that they had seen each other. There were many summers that, as a child growing up, I would visit my grandfather. He lived in Santa Barbara, and I would love to visit him a week or two weeks in the summer. And he was a man who was not known to be emotional. He wasn't a man who I had ever seen shed a tear. But I love spending time with him. I learned so much from him. Remember one summer, my cousin Eureka and I, we went and visited him. And we spent a couple weeks there. And after that time, uh, he put us onto a Greyhound bus and he was shipping us off back home. And, and I remember I was, I was praying before I, I got on the bus because what happened was while we were there, um, there are these um, be- beautiful gopher snakes in Santa Barbara. And uh, so I had always um, had a fascination with, with snakes. And so I caught this gopher snake 
and I put it into a jar. No kidding. It was probably about that big, but it was like a six foot snake. I don't know how I fit it into a jar like that. Put it into my, my suitcase and made holes on the lid and just closed it, hoping that it would, you know, like be okay. And hoping that my grandfather would not find it. So my cousin and I, we were going back and forth and talking about that as we were sitting on the bus. And, and, and I, was, I didn't even want to look over at my grandfather. Because I thought, man, he knows all things. It's amazing how it is that as parents and, and grandparents, it's like, how did he know that, right? Well, as I look over to him, he didn't have an angry look. And I saw tears running down his face. I looked over to the face of a man who in that moment just expressed love. I saw just a, we waved goodbye and yet he was, he was crying. And you know, there are some departures that are that way. You know, we, we enjoy each other's company we, we love on each other and we share some very intimate moments. And we hate the departure, right? And I think about the relationship that Paul and Timothy had. It was a special one. And I think that perhaps Paul felt the same way I did with my grandfather when he saw tears rolling down the face of Timothy's face. It was a love that was sincere. The sorrow of a departure that welled up from the depths of his heart. Paul, in this letter to Timothy, said that he couldn't wait to see him again. This was, this is what he felt. This is what was deep within the heart of the Apostle Paul. You know, that person that he just longed to see says, I can't wait to see you again, that I may be filled with joy. As it was for me, seemed to have been for Paul. It was something that he remembered and as we see here was worth noting. But Paul goes on to say that he also remembers Timothy's sincere faith. This sincere faith dwelt first in his grandmother Lois and also in his mother Eunice. Remember that this was a man that was used mildly by the Lord as a pastor in Ephesus and walked with the Apostle Paul and watched him. But this was a man who was molded and shaped into the character, the very image of Jesus Christ. That he may have an impact even on the life of the Apostle Paul. This sincere faith dwelt first with his grandmother and his mother. Again, verse 5, it says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. Timothy and his family were from 
the ancient city of Lystra. Uh, Paul had visited Lystra on two occasions, on his first missionary journey and also on his second missionary journey. It was on his second missionary journey that he stopped in Lystra that he met this young man named Timothy. In Acts chapter 16, verse 1. It says, Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by his brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Uh, Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places. For they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities... They delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. Timothy, as we see here, was described as a disciple. So he had come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior, and had devoted himself to serving Jesus Not just when the Apostle Paul called him to come along with him, but prior to that, as we see how it is that he was already a man who was a learner. He was a man who was following the Lord Jesus Christ, growing in his knowledge, in his understanding of how it was that Jesus fulfilled the scriptures, that he is the Messiah that was prophesied about. He was the one who died for the sins of the world, and in whom Timothy had known the grace of God by faith in him. And so when the Apostle Paul found him, because his mother was a Jew and his father was a Greek, but because his his mother was a Jew, they adhered to the, the law, and so he had Timothy circumcised so that there would be nothing that the Jews could speak against him. In saying that they weren't observing the law, and then they brought him, they brought him along, the Apostle Paul. They went to various churches to minister to them. And Timothy, no doubt, grew and he learned and deepened his faith in the Lord as he saw the Apostle Paul serving firsthand. And it seems that the faith that started with Timothy's grandmother and mother was now deep within the heart of Timothy and was impacting the lives of many, including the Apostle Paul. Serving as an encouragement even to him. You know, today someone was, we were leaving from prayer. And someone had mentioned someone else who was walking behind him. He said, I have a shadow. Sometimes people will follow so closely. They can say, oh, they're they're your shadow. You know, shadows are an encouragement, knowing that we're, the light is being cast. And there's, there's someone who is walking behind us that is worth leading. And those who are leading are encouraged by those who are following For the Apostle Paul, he had a young man by the name of Timothy 
who is himself willing to follow the Lord. And for Paul, it was an encouragement to him. He, I have a young man who is, who is desiring of following the Lord and growing and, and serving him. And he came along with them. And that faith, that sincere faith, oh, that was initiated by his grandmother and his mother. C.H. Virgin said, quote, A mother's influence is not limited to her children, but extends to the whole world. How true this was of Timothy. And so it is today. How true is this of anyone? A mother's influence will always extend beyond her children. Therefore, the teaching should be carefully considered and care should be taken in the upbringing, the training, and the counsel given to children. Because Paul knew the wonderful love that Timothy had for Jesus, he exhorted Timothy. Having said all of that, Having known all of that, he exhorted Timothy to do one thing. Fan into flame the gift of God. Don't sit idle. Don't take it all in for yourself. Oh, fan into flame the gift of God. You see, Paul knew that Timothy was given the gift of teaching. Paul was telling him not only not to neglect it, but to use it to the point of it being an intense work that benefits many. In 1 Timothy, in chapter 4, verse 11. The Apostle Paul writes to Timothy saying, Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Listen, in these two letters, in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, in these two letters, Paul encouraged Timothy 25 times to be bold. Do you not think after a a few reminders, exhortations, that the apostle Paul gave to Timothy that perhaps he needed this exhortation to be bold? Absolutely. He was known, uh, he was considered to be a man who was gifted in teaching, and yet he was a man who was timid, perhaps a little reserved. This was the very thing that Timothy needed, an exhortation by the, the Apostle Paul, a man who he deeply, whom he deeply respected to stand, to defend the faith, to be strong, And this was all because of what Timothy was called to bear. This was exactly what he needed to hear. Perhaps Timothy shared Jeremiah's thoughts, but also shared in his encouragement. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 9, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, 
Behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. I was reminded of Jeremiah because of the state in which Timothy was and what Paul was encouraging him in. You see, Paul was simply encouraging Timothy with similar words. The very words that God used for Jeremiah, now the apostle Paul was using for Timothy. You see, God has not given you a spirit of fear. God has given you a spirit of power. God has given you a spirit of love. God has given you a spirit of self-control. In all of these three go together. You cannot separate them. The ability and the gift is the power of God he gives. Therefore, trust in him. The manner of conducting that gift is to be in a love for God, first and foremost, And that expresses itself in a love for others. Therefore, demonstrate God's love. Personal self-control or discipline requires a mind that is actually and in reality governed by God's word. And is discerning of the schemes of the enemy. Therefore, ask God for his wisdom and walk accordingly. Remember that all of this was built up in the heart of Timothy. Initiated and established, laying the foundation by his grandmother and mother, Lois and Eunice, as he was raised. Mothers, be encouraged to have faith in God's plan for your children. Psalm 127, 3 and 4 says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. As a mother, your role is to nurture and raise your children in the way of the Lord, knowing that they are gifts from Him. Trusting in God's plan for their lives is key to raising children who will grow up to be God-fearing adults. Mothers, train up your children in the way they should go. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Lay a foundation of biblical principles for your children. Because as a mother, you have the opportunity to instill godly values in your children that will remain with them throughout their entire lives. Mothers, seek wisdom from God. Seek not, desire not, to find understanding deep within your own heart. Because the heart is deceitful and wicked. Who can know? Don't trust in your heart, but trust in the Lord, as it says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. He will direct your paths. No, seek wisdom from God. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, 
and it will be given him. Because as a mother, you will face challenges. You will face difficult decisions as you navigate through your parenting journey. There are valleys, there are peaks. Perhaps there, if there hasn't today, there will be a moment to where your children will express their love for you. And it will be a special moment. But you will also have those moments to where you are faced with difficult decisions, challenging circumstances. We are all in desperate need of God's wisdom. So therefore, make sure you seek God's wisdom and guidance because it will be crucial to making decisions that honor God and benefit your family. Mothers, rest in God's provision and rest in his care for your family. I cannot stress this enough. I say it again, rest in God's provision. Rest in God's care for your family. Matthew chapter 6, verses 33 and 34 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Sometimes we can get worked up about tomorrow. You cannot do anything about tomorrow, but only today. And so we are told to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Everything that you need will be provided for you. Rest in that provision. Rest in his provision. As you seek God's kingdom and prioritize your relationship with him, he will provide for your needs and care for your families. You know, I have quoted C.H. Spurgeon several times this morning, as I love to quote him many times. I'd love to look back on C.H. Spurgeon's quotes, and he is, uh, he's still ministering to many people. But I read this about him and wanted to share it with you. You see, his, his father, John, was a man who was occupied with ministry. As I often read about some of these older saints, they were raised up, you could say, much like perhaps Timothy by his grandmother and mother. C.H. Spurgeon was raised by his mother in a very special way. In the power of a pleading mother, uh, you can look this up on chalice.com. I read this. Quote, some of Charles's earliest memories are of his mother gathering the children to read the Bible to them and to plead with them to turn to Christ. To her children, she was not only a teacher, but an evangelist. It was a custom on Sunday evenings while we were yet little children for her to stay at home with us. And then we sat round the table and read verse by verse, and she explained the scripture to us. After that was done, then came the time of pleading. There was a little piece of Elaine's alarm or of Baxter's call to the unconverted. 
And this was read with pointed observations made to each of us as we sat round the table. And the question was asked how long it would be before we would think about our state. How long before we would seek the Lord. Then came a mother's prayer. And some of the words of that prayer we shall never forget. Even when our hair is gray. In these prayers, she pleaded with God to extend his saving mercy to her children. Charles remembered that on one occasion she prayed in this way. Now, Lord, if my children go on in their sins, it will not be from ignorance that they perish. And my soul must bear a swift witness against them at the day of judgment if they lay not hold of Christ. The thought of his own mother bearing witness against him pierced his soul and stirred his heart. Her intercession made such a deep impression on her young son that many years later he would write, How can I ever forget her tearful eye when she warned me to escape from the wrath to come? Another time she wrapped her arms around his neck and simply cried to God, Oh, that my son might live before thee. The deepest desire of her heart was to see her children Embrace her Savior. I know many of children, many of children that are prayed for. I know many mothers in here are praying for your children. I would say the... um, The most important thing that your mother wishes for you is that you would come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That you would not take it for granted. You cannot do anything to gain salvation. It has been done for you on the cross. Jesus died for your sins. The the following of God's word is simply an expression of our love toward God. That's what that is. As we learn God's word, we apply it. We walk in his wisdom and we bless the Lord. 3 John 1, 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. That is, I know, the heart of a godly mother. A woman who knows Jesus as her personal Lord and Savior. And if there is one that does not desire this here, then perhaps you don't know Jesus Christ. Because that would be the very one thing, the only thing that you would desire above all else for your children. Remember that as a mother, your work is valued. That your work is significant in the eyes of God. Trust in his guidance. Trust in his grace. As you do parent your children. Knowing that he is with you every step of the way. He is faithful. Trust that God will do a work just as he did with Timothy. Just do what God has called you to do. Be faithful. And entrust your children to the Lord. Because I am sure 
that at some point you will have to entrust your children to the Lord. That you also will pray as C.H. Spurgeon's mother prayed. And I am going to close with prayer, but I'm going to ask anyone who at this moment, and especially children, would this morning desire to surrender their lives to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that, that you would rise to your feet and just ask the Lord to be your, your Savior. Ask Jesus to be your Lord and know salvation in Jesus Christ because this is exactly what is prayed for you. At some point, you cannot claim ignorance as your mom and perhaps your father has prayed over you. Say now, Lord, if my children go on in their sins, it will not be from ignorance that they perish, and my soul must bear a swift witness against them at the day of judgment. If they lay not hold of Christ, may the thought of your own mother bearing witness against you pierce your soul and stir your heart to the point of considering truly who Jesus is to her and surrender your life to him as well. Knowing that one day as you have known God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ, that you will one day be in God's glory for all eternity along with your mother. Father, I thank you. I thank you for mothers who pour out your word to their children. I ask, Father, that you would continue to give them the strength to do that, to never give up. Lord, knowing that there is no sin that is so dark that it cannot be forgiven because your grace abounds even more. Pray, Lord, that you would give mothers uh, wisdom and strength and power and self-control and that love that they have for you will be expressed with great patience and humility and, and tenderness toward their children. And at the same time, Lord, walking in step with you. And so, Father, with our eyes closed and our heads bowed, I would ask that you would stir in the hearts of all the people here, that if there's anyone here who does not know Jesus as Lord and Savior, that, that they would be moved to rise to their feet. Lord, that they would choose today to know Jesus Christ, to surrender their lives, to repent of their sins, and cry out to Jesus to be their Lord and Savior. And so if that's you, I would ask that you rise to your feet right now. Don't waste any time. If you've contemplated that before and you've never actually made that step and that commitment and confess Jesus as Lord and Savior, then do that now. And anyone who hasn't, whether it be children or adults, 
May today be the day of salvation. sometimes we are reluctant, Lord. We fight against what the Spirit is trying to do in our lives. There are some who are living in compromise and yet choose not to allow your Spirit to simply break them. Bring them to a place of completely surrendering to you. Oh, what wonder and what joy they could know. pray, Lord, that you would continue to do that work, that your kindness would draw them to you, that your love for them would continue to pursue them. And Lord, that at some point, Lord, they would completely surrender their lives to you. And so, Father, I lift them up to you. Lord, we ask, Father, that you would again reveal to them who you are, and how you desire that none should perish, but that everyone come to repentance and cry out to you, knowing that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life, and no one comes to you except through Jesus Christ. So, Father, I ask that you would remind them of that. So, Lord, thank you for this morning. Again, thank you for mothers. And grandmothers, Lord, I ask that you would continue to use them mightily for your glory. We thank you and we pray this in Jesus' name.